Check it down from there. What is good? Ooh, it's a little funky. Hold on. Hey. Oh. Let that smooth guitar play. Ooh. Alright, I gotta turn it down. This is your boy, the host with the most. Tree Trevino himself, Mario Caballero, uh, in the place to be, what is good, it is March 4th, 4th, 5th, maybe, I don't know, and you're listening to the Puro Caballero Show, had to take it across the pond, a little bit of the intro, a little oasis, someone's uh, fucking in the bushes. Uh, I had to play this track in dedication to the heavyweight championship fight that just took place recently. Because that track is the one that Guy Ritchie put in the scene where Brad Pitt knocks the fuck out of that dude in the in, in Snatch. Um, and ruins the bets for everybody in the building. Basically, everybody wants to have him killed. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like happened. Like, some shit out of, like, a Guy Ritchie movie or something. Like, this fool Tyson Fury. Outs off to you, new heavyweight champion of the world. Gypsy King has returned, man. He has returned. So, yeah, we had to uh, give a little tribute there. So, a little oasis off the top. TKO win over Wilder. My goodness. Yeah, it's been a minute since we last... Touched in with you, and holy crap. I don't know if I saw saw it going exactly like that. Oh, boy. He just had Wilder all discombobulated throughout the fight. He still was hard to hit, but he was coming forward, though. He was coming forward way more than he did in the first fight. So, um... Man, he like was so impressive with his power, cause he just like added that to it, and his like stamina was was way better. So, man, he had just while they're out class, he was leaning on him, grabbing him, putting him in the little chokeholds, like getting him in the clinch, doing all that stuff, just controlling the fight and putting it on him, and then had Wilder bleeding from the ear. There was talk of maybe a popped eardrum but I think Wilder's been denying that and then the entrance from both participants too was freaking ridiculous first you had uh, Tyson Fury coming out looking like he's trying to be some like Egyptian king or some shit like that (laughs) as people holding him up as he's sitting on his throne with the crown and Deontay Wilder coming out in, like, freaking the most ridiculous-looking outfit, too. He always wears the mask, and sometimes he'll put, like, a robe on or something. But, like, he had a full, like, you know, shoulder, chest, like, piece with a huge mask that had, like, lights and, like, <laughs> a whole bunch of crazy shit. 
he claimed that weakened his legs. That thing weighed 40 pounds, but he was probably up on with the thing on for maybe like an, it was 40 minutes an hour, they said, from what I've heard. Apparently he was wearing it backstage before he walked out into the ring. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He was using that as an excuse now, which is kind of kind of BS. He just got to man up and just say, that, uh, you know, he got you. It's kind of what happened, man. Fury, just one of the more technically sound heavyweights of all time at this point. That dude bobs and weaves, has good head movement, works the jab, works the body. He knocked over Wilder from a body shot. Obviously, he was already on his like last legs towards the end of the of uh, what was the fight, the last few rounds that they were in there. But, uh, yeah, he's got everything in his arsenal now. If he's just got that power now, too. Because he was coming over the top with some straight counters and was timing up Wilder, like, uh, pretty much from the third round on. Because the third round was kind of the decider. That's when he started to put it on him. And the clear momentum of the fight shifted in the third because Wilder could never catch his feet, and he could see he could never get any sort of accuracy. And he was just missing on so many things. And he was just wobbly. Fell down, I want to say like three or four times throughout the fight. Two of them were pushes, I think. And two of them were knockdowns. So um, Fury did get docked a point, I want to say in like the fifth round. Because uh, he was getting a little physical. And the ref wasn't like breaking these dudes up. <laughs> they were kind of going at it. And was letting Fury get a little bit more physical in the clinch. And I think that played a factor, too. Um, the way the fight was officiated was kind of, I don't know. The guy, I, to be fair, this is me being a, uh, a nobody on the couch watching it. The guy who was in there, I can understand being hesitant. <laughs> he was slapping these dudes on the back like, hey, like, <laughs> all right, we good. We good. Stop. Stop. <laughs> he'd still be going. And then he'd have to jump in, try to figure out a time when both dudes weren't trying to swing at each other. Uh, you could see that, too. <laughs> it was like hesitation, trying to time it. Oh, man. Yeah, one dude 6'7", another dude 6'9". Ridiculous. Wilder. Both dudes came in heavier than I would expect. Fairy came in at, like, 270, 275. And Wilder came in at, like, 230, somewhere around there. 235-ish or so. He usually fights in, like, the 220s. And has even fought in, like, apparently, like, the 215 uh, range. When... Who did he knock? He knocked somebody out, and he was, like, just, like, a drop some weight. Like, not intentionally or anything. So, oof. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the same game plan moving forward. And what's crazy about the fight, too, is that Wilder didn't even, he didn't uh, stop. It, like, wasn't a big, you know, combination or one big punch that kind of made the referee jump in there. It was Wilder's corner who threw the towel in. I think it was in the seventh. So, I understand 
um, I guess, both sides of the situation because Wilder was really, um, really upset after the fight, saying that he's a warrior, he's going to die on a sword and all that. And his corner had a long, long talk with him afterwards, and he was real displeased about that that result. But I understand, because he was just, like, trapped in the corner and wasn't going anywhere. And for the first time in his career, I would say Deontay was on his back foot the whole time. And he just does not have that skill set to be able to combat that if he's not landing his shots going forward, which he wasn't, which is a credit to Fury, because he was just... Stepping inside his punches, which is a very, very uh, uh, tough thing to do with a guy who is known for that knockout power. To just be fearless and step into it and be able to block the punch or deflect it, counter on his own right. You know, to have that skill and technique. At that size, he was like 6'9", 275. Big ass dude. Crazy. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy fight. I did not expect it to go that way. I totally could see Fury winning in a, maybe a TKO later in the fight towards the end or a decision most likely. But I did not see him putting it on him like that. Like, he was just clear dominating. So... Hats off to him, man. The belts are in the UK at the moment. So, all the other heavyweights, that's where you got to be. That's where you got to go. So, Joshua, rightful owner of a couple belts. And Fury now has the, I want to say it was the WBC. The cool looking green one with the pictures of all the other cool guys. <laughs> oh yeah that belt so yeah I guess the, the discussion is what's going to happen next obviously Joshua's coming off the victory over Andy Ruiz where he was able to reattain his belt grab them right back which was uh, very frustrating to watch on my part, having a vested rooted interest for Andy, but um, yeah, so he's coming off of that, but that's not going to happen, him and Fury, quite yet, because Wilder has a rematch clause, and he has enacted it, so they're going to have a third fight, which is going to be set for July the 18th, so not a super long turnaround for these guys, which, um, not super surprising. What are they going to give them? Like five months, four months, four months, something like that. Four months, four and a half. And yeah, I mean, that's like a real active fighter schedule. You're fighting at least four times a year. It's like once every four months. Three, three times a year, four times a year. It's a pretty active schedule. So we'll see. 
how that goes. I wonder if Deontay is going to make any changes to his corner because that was the one thing I immediately thought of. I was like, man, if he tries to come back, is he, does he have that trust you know, on his side? That uh, he's going to do everything he can and they're just going to let him go out. But I don't blame his corner because he he was not going anywhere and he was in a bad spot. And he was continually, every single time you think he was going to be able to get a little recovery or come back, like Wilder was just taking shots, man. Deontay just couldn't, couldn't defend himself, man. He just, yeah, just had it uh, worn all over him, man. He's putting it down. Tyson, man. Another heavyweight champ. Name Tyson, once again. His career is like storybook, if you think about it, like how crazy it is. A freaking gypsy, man. A traveling man. World heavyweight champ. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's like real life snatch. Like even better. It's the story of his dad calling him Tyson too. <laughs> After Iron Mike. Mm. Alright, so yeah, they're fighting in uh, July. But as I mentioned, Joshua, he's got to fight somebody. So he's going to defend his heavyweight titles versus Kubrat Pulev. On June 20th, a month earlier, in Tottenham Stadium. Going to be the first boxing match inside that park. So, yeah. Who is Kubrat Pulev, you might ask? I will bring up his bona fides at the moment. Let's go. He is Bulgarian. Born in Sofia. He held the European heavyweight titles between 2012 and 2016. Uh, let's see. Challenged once for the title. Let's check his box rec. He's 28 and 1 with 14 knockouts. And yeah. I was going to say six, four and a half. Big boy. So, yeah, his only loss was to Vladimir Klitschko in 2014. So, this dude's been around. He is 38. Yeah, so he's a old, uh, you know, wise boxer. So, we'll see what uh, he can do bringing that action to Joshua. Yeah, it was like right at the end of Klitschko's career. Uh, yeah, he's fighting for, fighting for all the belts. But since that happened, he's beaten George Arias, Maurice Harris, Derek Chisora for the vacant European heavyweight title in 2016. And then he beat Samuel Peter, Kevin Johnson, Huey Fury. Bogdandino and Rydell Booker by unanimous decision 
and yeah so that will be joshua's next opponent don't know what's gonna happen uh with the other guys who are kind of in the mix there i'm looking for my boy andy he's been posting training videos hopefully he's uh more on the up and up than he, what we saw his last outing against Joshua because that was pretty pretty disappointing, man. Yeah, all right. We'll keep it on the boxing tip for a second. What are we, almost 20 minutes into this shit? Yeah, it was worth it, man. It's, it's, the, it's the shit when heavyweight boxing is up and running because now we got some belts moving around. Now we got some action. Now we got some storylines. We got some drama. See who, uh, what Deontay can do in the rematch. I want to see what Ruiz does. See who he, who he fights. If he really has that fire in him. And, yeah. We'll see what happens. I think Dylan White wants to throw his name in the mix. I would like to see Ruiz fight him. That'd be a good matchup. And he's about about it. We shall see. All right, moving forward. Um, Manny Pacquiao. This dude has been in a couple fighters' mouths recently because they've been talking about possibly getting a fight with him. First dude who's thinking about it is Terrence Bud Crawford. And he was thinking maybe June 13th date, week before the Joshua fight, saying, why not? But then recently, Mikey Garcia, after coming off a win, <coughs> excuse me, talking about fighting him on 7-11 in Saudi Arabia. And I think those talks are pretty advanced now, so it looks like that might be the more likely scenario. Because Mikey was fighting at a different weight. I freaking, I get so lost with the, uh, <laughs> with the divisions. And the smaller guys. So, yeah. Be Jesse Vargas. Um, avenged, or didn't avenge, but got back in the win column after taking that L against Errol Spence uh, last year. Ooh, let me see. But, yeah. He was fighting in the welterweight division. Said he wanted Manny. Let's see what... Forbes has something that's saying that, oh, he might not fight Manny. I don't know. Uh, Manny hasn't fought in eight months. But, yeah, he beat Keith Thurman last year. That shit was a very impressive victory, actually, the way he handled him. Yeah, I can't believe he had that Jeff Horn loss. That was crazy. Damn, four decades and only eight weight classes. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Man, he done four decades of boxing. That's so crazy. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Huh. Uh, 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 uh. Conor McGregor 
Wow. All right. Yeah, riveting stuff. I'm reading an article, and I'm not getting any information whatsoever. I hate when people just put fluff in this shit. Pacquiao McGregor fight. Ooh. Jesus. All right. Is he? I don't. He's not gonna fight McGregor. Audi Atar PSM. Paradigm Sports Management. He signed with. Damn. 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 What's going on? What's happening? All right, nothing. I got nothing from that article. My bad, guys. That's on my. That's on me. I should have paused this. That was riveting, fucking material, podcasting, whatever. So nothing's in the books yet. He was trying to get that shit up and moving, but nothing. We got nada. That's a big nothing. All right, let's move on. More fight news. UFC two forty five coming through. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We got some good fights. Izzy Adesanya versus Yo Romero in the main event. Holy shit. It's going down this Saturday. If you're listening to this right now, uh, I am definitely having um, a cool little kickback. Watch party at the crib. Hit me up if you trying to slide by. Uh, bring some snacks and or booze and or some... Herbal essence All that shit Um, I was going to say party favors But that could be construed in many different ways I don't know (laughs) Alright like I was saying though, UFC 248 going down There's some good ass fights Up on this card I ain't going to lie Even some of the prelims Not too bad Not too bad I'm looking at Sean O'Malley. He's coming back. Bantamweight. Hasn't fought in a while. He's fighting Jose Alberto Quinones, um, who was on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. His homeboy, El Teco's from Zacatecas. Way. Tatlatenango. Tatlatenango. I'm fucking the name up. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so that should be a good fight. That's on the prelims. And then moving on to the main card, Alex Oliveira versus Max Griffin. At welterweight. We also got the return of Neil Magny versus Lee Zhongliang, who is uh, the Chinese uh, UFC fighter uh, with a 22-5 and record. So let's see his... Boom, his recent streak. Mm, yeah, one three in a row. Uh, Daichi Abe, David Zawada, Elizu Zaleski Los Santos. So, yeah, got a couple wins. We'll see what he could do. Had to put a couple 
Chinese fighters up on the card. Had to grab them out of uh, all that travel ban restriction and stuff like that. I've been hearing it's kind of kind of hectic. Getting shit was kind of crazy. So yeah, that is one of the earlier fights. Then we got Benil Derouche versus uh, Drakkar Klose, who's got some pop. I've seen him fight like once or twice. That's uh might be a good one at the lightweight. Um one fifty five pound limit. And then we move on to the championship fights. And first one we got here, we got the women's strawweight division that is the uh what is it? Hundred and fifteen pound division. We got uh, Wei Li Zhang versus Yuana Yerzhechek. Yuana champion. Trying to get the belt again. So we'll see what she could do uh, versus Wei Li. And <clears throat> yeah, like I was saying, I was watching the Embedded and apparently she had a freaking crazy travel uh, just to get to the fight in Vegas this week. Uh, I think she was saying that she had to stay. She had to move from China. She was like stuck in China for a second. And then had to go to Thailand. And then from there moved on. Or was she, or was she like New Zealand? She was like all over the place. And then eventually got to the U.S. And is in Vegas right now getting ready for the fight on Saturday. So that shit will be crazy. I think that'll be an action-packed fight. Ioana, very accurate with her strikes and just, like, pours it on her opponents when she's dominating. She was getting dominated by uh, Rose Namajunas the few times they fought. And I think she moved up to the 125 and lost to Valentina. Just kind of take, kind of took too much of a beating that that power that Valentina's got was just too much for her it was just too much man it's almost too much for a lot of chicks at that weight it's like freaking scary so yeah dropping back down to the 115 and we'll see what she could do we'll see and moving on to the main event as I mentioned Izzy Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. I love you. The soldier of God. <laughs> kind of crazy nickname. Crazy. We'll see how that goes. If it's a kickboxing event, I'm going to take Izzy. If Yoel can put his body on him, maybe get him in the clinch, grapple with him. Wrestled, yeah, take him down. That would be something. Maybe a little out of his forte, what he typically goes with. Because Adesanya, he can strike in every single type of regard. He can come forward. He could, you know, hit you on the counters. He can stay on the outside. He could try to fight you in the clinch. 
in the Muay Thai clinch. Um, doesn't typically go to the ground. And that's not his strength, per se. Um, but, you know, can put some chokes in there every once in a while. Yeah, if it's on the feet, though, he's got the advantage, I would say. Yoel has more power, like one punch, one strike power. Hit you with the knee, give you a kick, something like that. Is he just more accurate with the strikes? And his timing, sometimes timing just uh, can beat everything. So that's going to be a crazy one. That's going to be a one I'm hyped to see, man. Yeah. Oof. That shit going to be wild. The 185-pound division. It's kind of crazy that Joel is getting this title shot coming off of two losses. But both of those losses were very, very close. Especially the one two fights ago against Rob, uh, Robert Whitaker. Because... Yeah, it seemed like he had every right to get a victory, at least in one of those fights. In my opinion. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, coming off a couple losses. Paulo Costa, that was also another war. Another very entertaining matchup. And... Yeah, he just didn't get the best in that one either. I want to say Acosta had a lot more uh, leg strikes. And Yoel was kind of limping around, but dude was still catching him, man. Crazy. All right, UFC, that's something to look out for. Uh, Let's move on to some other quick hitters. I'm going to do my best here. I got a lot of topics I want to kind of cover as much as I can. Let's go to hoops, man. I've been... Trying to keep up with the action that was going on in the NBA recently. Uh, the playoff hunt and the seedings and whatnot. There's been a lot of um, jockeying for positions. There's a lot of storylines kind of going on right now. And I'll give you the latest. Let's give you the latest. I'm most excited for Sacramento making a little run here after the All-Star break. I think the last time I checked in with you guys, it was right around that time. Um, so... Yeah, man, it's it's been uh, a very pleasing development, I would say, uh, <laughs> as a fan of the team. They came in today as the ninth place team. I think they're going to finish today as the 10th. Excuse me. Because I want to say Portland won today. Yeah, 125-104 over the Wizards. Yeah. Hey, Dallas beat the Pelicans though. Pelicans were in that in that mix too. In overtime, one twenty seven, one twenty three. Doncic thirty seventeen and ten assists. That is nasty. Oh my god. Woo. Jesus. Ooh. Zion had twenty one six, three assists. Chris Stapps had thirty four twelve. In three, Jesus, Jesus, that's gonna be nasty. All right, um, damn, Memphis was 
blowing the fuck out of the Nets. All right. So that's what's going to happen is we got to get Memphis to lose some games. They're at 500 right now, 31 and 31. Sack is three games back. I want to say three and a half games back at 27 and 34. So they got to up them wins. They got to get to that. They got to keep winning pretty much. That's just it. That's just it. They got to hope Memphis slips every once in a while. And, yeah, they got that victory today. Disappointed. Very disappointed. All right. How it's looking right now in the West. Lakers sitting at the top of the standings, 47-13. and 13. It looks like they're more than likely are going to be holding on to that one seed because they got a five-and-a-half game advantage over the L.A. Clippers, who stand at 42-19. They're kind of coming together. They're kind of going on a run. I think they're going to start playing. They have been. Kawhi and PG a little bit more together. They were kind of switching off days every once in a while throughout the regular season. And it's kind of disappointing because I went to the game and goddamn. Um, only saw Paul George. He had just come back from injury, too, so he wasn't playing all that good. Kawhi sat that day, which was disappointing. Fucking disappointing. The second time I tried to see Kawhi Leonard. Last time I went and saw Spurs when they were playing the Clippers a few years back when he was on the team, and he was hurt then, too. Disappointing. Fucking disappointing. But, yeah, Clippers... They're five and a half game bash. They're 42-19. They just recently passed the Nuggets, who are the third place team, and who are kind of doing so-so. They made a trade. They made a move. They traded Malik Beasley. Um, Who do they get? Let me see. Roster. Who's the only dude with the jersey that don't look like he's got it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who'd they get? I don't fucking remember. Anyway. Anyway. This team, they've been kind of so-so as of late. Lost to the Lakers, OKC, Clippers, and the Warriors recently. They did beat Toronto in that stretch. But, yeah, Denver, they're at 41-20. and 20. They're at the three seed. They're six and a half games back of first place. And uh, Jokic been looking a lot better these last couple months. He's been steadily improving, getting into better shape. And the team's kind of improving because of that. So we'll see where they get to at the end of the regular season. Still kind of trying to see if they can get that super seed. But right on their heels, though, in the four seed of the Houston Rockets at 39-21. and 21. And I think that is the biggest surprise that anyone's seen, really, from the trade deadline. Because this team went micro they went mini they went the opposite of supersize they shrunk themselves they went 
Uh, they downsized. They traded their center, got Robert Covington, and he's like 6'7". P.J. Tucker's like 6'6". Six, six, and those are like their biggest dudes that are out there. You know? They're spreading the floor. They're playing five out on offense every single play. And it's Harden doing his hard and ISO ball. Or it's Russ just absolutely going berserk on the rim. He is just attack, 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 and getting shots in the paint, getting shots at the rim, and just punishing defenses using his athleticism and his quickness, man. And he's been going off. He's had a bunch of good performances recently. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Yeah, this team's all fucking guards. All guards. Ridiculous. Let's see. See Russ's game log. His averages are fucking crazy. All right. When was the all-star break? Perfect. So he had 21, 34, 33, 41, 24 in his last few games. So he's been going to just put in work. Put in work. Before the all-star break, he had a... 39 and a 41 point game too man oof so it's been crazy we'll see if that holds up in the playoffs so they've been you know on the come up they have won one two three four five six in a row um boston warriors Jazz, Knicks, Memphis, and Boston. That's a pretty good, impressive little record they got going on right there. So, yeah, Houston's on the up and up. Behind them. So, they're eight games back. And uh, just a game and a half back of the Nuggets. So, that's doable. It's just a few weeks left in the regular season. Houston and then Utah at the five seed. They're 39-22. There's a lot of talks about what the heck's going on with them. Conley, there's some drama about him not playing up to to par. They were thinking about benching him, and I think somebody, one of the the owner or something like that, was just like has uh you know uh, hesitant to to let them make that decision and go through with it. So he's like, no, I want him to play. So that was kind of weird. Um. So yeah, we'll see what Utah's doing. I think Gobert got torched by Houston. So if that's a 4-5 matchup, that might not be a good one for them. All right. Let's see. Then we got OKC Thunder. Surprisingly at the 6 seed. Holding it down. They're 38-24. Oh, yeah. Utah is a half game back of Houston. So there's that thing, too. They can just try to keep winning. <laughs> they're two, only two games back of Denver. Kind of in that middle. But yeah, back to the sixth seed. OKC is only a game and a half back of Utah. So Utah can slip the other way. Or Denver can kind of slip down. I don't know. Who knows? Who the hell knows? What's in store? Oklahoma City Thunder, man. 38-24 record. Very, very surprising. They would be playing Denver 
if the playoffs were today. But they're not. I think we got like six weeks left. A little under. All right. Seventh spot is Dallas, 38-25. Luca, Chris Stapps just running the show. Just running things. They are only a half game back of OKC, so they can get the six seed possibly. Right now, they'd be playing the Clippers, so I think teams are trying to avoid the seven or the eight seed at all costs. But the race for the eight seed is going to be tough, man. It's a, it's a clear gap between the top seven and then everybody else because Dallas is at 38-25 record, but Memphis at the eighth spot. They're only at 31-31, as I mentioned before. Right now, Portland, Sac, the Spurs, the Pelicans are the teams vying for that. I mean, Pelicans kind of dropping. They're five games back. Spurs are four games back. And both Portland and Sacramento are, what is that, three and a half games back? So, we shall see. We need uh, Memphis to go on a little cold streak. I think they have a pretty tough schedule coming up, too. So, who knows? Who the hell knows what's going to happen? All right. Eastern Conference, though. Milwaukee. Probably got the MVP on their on their squad. Giannis um, kind of getting dissed on by James Harden because I think he's salty because he's not winning MVPs. But Giannis has been balling too. He's been going crazy. That team has a 53-9 record. 53-9. Trying to get 70 wins out here. Oof. 53-9. That's crazy. Already. Already. That's crazy. All right. Two spot Toronto Raptors currently. They're 43 and 18. <laughs> Nine and a half back. All right. Then Boston at the three spot, 42 and 19. They're only a game back for the two spot. Miami right now holding down home court. They're at 40 and 22. And they are two and a half back of Boston. Three and a half back of Toronto. Indy at the five spot. 37 to 25 there. Three games back of Miami. So a little gap there. And then surprisingly, all the way down in the sixth spot, the Philadelphia 76ers, they've been on that cold streak. Things have been kind of so-so over there in Philly this year, I feel like. Things have not gelled and gone quite as according to plan. Al Horford incorporating him into the team has been more difficult than they've assumed. Ben Simmons being injured currently is a problem for them. Embiid missed some time earlier in the year, and that was a problem for them. Joe... Uh, Joel uh, missed the last few games, I want to say, too. So, yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of a rough go there for Philly. Still uber talented, but, man, not putting it together on the court as much as they should. And then you got Brooklyn Nets, 
27-34. They just lost Kyrie for the remainder of the season. He has, uh, I think, shoulder surgery coming up. And honestly, I think we talked about it. I think they might be better off. Karis LeVert just dropped like 51. And they dropped somebody real good yesterday. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, the Nets lost today, though. Oh, they lost to the Grizz. Oh, Grizz at the old school jersey. Yeah, that's disappointing. Oh, yeah, they're playing Boston. Boston had these weird luck of the Irish looking jerseys. They've been rocking recently. So, yeah. Brooklyn. They're doing all right. Orlando, they spot 27 and. 35 quite under so yeah it's the top six and everybody else really yeah those matchups man if it happens today it'd be boston philly that'd be an interesting one miami indy <laughs> there's some jockeying there let's see if philly moves up and plays miami though Ooh, that'd be a juicy one that would be a juicy one. I'm not going to lie. That's the Jimmy Butler Bowl trying to recruit MB to go down to South Florida. Ooh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen there? So, yeah, that's some NBA basketball. That's kind of what's been happening recently. My little two cents there. I hope Sacramento makes a run, keeps going. Buddy Hill still playing well off the bench, which is good. Team still doesn't have Rashawn Holmes. That's been frustrating. Or Marvin Bagley, also very frustrating. Please get healthy. Having one of those guys, if not both of those guys, is a big impact. But they've been able to figure some stuff out, man. Nemanja's played pretty solid this season. I'm not going to lie. Last year's frustrating me to certain points i'm like what the heck is this guy doing out here but this season getting a little more comfortable kind of doing this thing so that's cool fox been running the show recently that's been nice to see you know harrison barnes kind of filling in the gaps here and there so we'll we'll uh we'll be we'll be hopeful we'll be hopeful and yeah. Let's see. Mm, yeah, I said the Spurs, they're kinda still in the hunt. They won a game yesterday when without Greg Popovich, who left with the personal matter. Guess who was the assistant coach who got to step up and play head coach for the day? That would be the team's former uh Hall of Fame. Big man, Tim Duncan, on the bench, leading the squad. Rocking dreads, too, with some some gray in them, too. Not a look that we saw from Timmy when he played. Would have been cool if he did, though. <laughs> but 
yeah, we saw him on the sideline. And it was his first first win as a coach. Rocking the dreadlocks. Might be the first coach with dreadlocks ever in the NBA. That's a pretty unique one. Um, yeah, did media after the game too. People were like, wow. Can't believe that happened. <laughs> so he's got the, the best coaching record in the NBA so far this season. He's undefeated. 1-0. and um, Yeah, Pop, come back soon. He's retired now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, there was a couple other moves that kind of happened recently. Uh, some of the buyout candidates that we were talking about before. Both Morse brothers come into Los Angeles or came to Los Angeles. However, they're not on the same team. Marcus Morris got bought out by the New York Knicks. He is now a Los Angeles Clipper. Markeith Morris got bought out by the Detroit Pistons. He is now a Los Angeles Laker. So... More than likely, a Morris brother will be playing in the finals. More than likely. I want to say the favorites to make it out are those two teams. One of those two teams. They got four of the top, let's say, ten best players in the NBA on their roster. Just right about. Paul George hasn't played that well this year. So we'll we'll say fit top fifteen in that that kind of category. So yeah, this is some uh, some more players for the end of the bench kind of stuff. Uh, Clippers also got um ah what's his name from the Pistons uh. Reggie Jackson. So, yeah, Reggie Jackson is going to, I guess, provide a little bit more scoring punch off the bench if needed. And the Lakers, they made a couple moves. They decided to waive Boogie Cousins, who was still rehabbing from the ACL injury. There was talks that he might have been able to go had the team made uh, decided to keep him like towards the end of the season as they made the playoffs, but... Lakers didn't want to take that chance. So they decided to let him go. And yeah, who knows what that's going to do for them. But yeah, they're looking for another player. They were trying out J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. And I think they might lean towards Dion. I'm not sure. Not sure who they're going to go with. I think they have to make a decision on that soon. I'm not mistaken. Huh. What's up? Let's do some Googling. Dion Waiters, what's going on? Is he the missing piece for the Lakers? What is going on? Who should it be? Oh, yeah. Apparently had an impressive workout. I don't know what that means. Huh. All right. 
I don't know what that uh any of that stuff means. Uh, I'm just reading rumors at this point. Uh look at all these rumors. Moving forward. Oh, we got NBA suspension alert. This doesn't happen too often. Hornets Malik Monk got suspended and apparently pissed hot for something. So he's not going to be reinstated to the NBA until he's compliant with the anti-drug program. Which means this dude is dabbling in some serious shit because I don't think they pull out all these measures if you're just smoking some weed on the side and maybe drinking a little too much, you know? It might be for some other stuff. You might be hitting that little yarra, that little chowder. Or, you know, getting on some pills. Maybe some oxys. I don't know. I don't know. Falling too hard, going too hard, man. Hard in the paint. I would say typically those are kind of the signs where you would be placed into these supervisions. But I don't want to speculate on a man. I'm just uh, going off of my common knowledge of what happens and the current protocols in the NBA drug testing policy. From as far as I know, I could be completely wrong, but this is as far as I know. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully Malik gets better. And, um, yeah, man. That's a tough thing to kind of go through, to be quite honest with you. Um, kind of ostracized from your team, from the league for a minute. So hopefully he he comes back. Never want to see that uh, drug problem be a, a reason some people get uh, their careers derailed. I mean, injuries are one thing. You know, but having something like that be the crippling reason your career fizzled out is not not something you root for. So hopefully he can come back and uh, be a contributor for the Hornets. All right, moving forward. Steve Ballmer, owner of the Clippers, is now apparently looking to buy the forum, the fabulous forum in Inglewood, California because he had announced that he wanted to build a new arena in Inglewood and MSG, which is owned by James Dolan, who is the owner of the New York Knicks, currently owns and operates the forum as primarily a music, uh, music venue and pretty dope venue, I'm not going to lie but um, they currently have like some territorial rights, I want to say, for that area. And they're saying that if they build a stadium or a new arena there, kind of next to where the Ram Stadium is going to be in that area in Eaglewood, then it's... Uh, um, going to be you know direct competitor and they're going to lose out on business so there was a lawsuit out against Steve Ballmer and the Clippers 
after those plans were announced, I want to say last year. So, one way to you know solve the solution, just sell the whole building. Steve Ballmer might buy the freaking forum just so he can take it down and build a whole new one, a whole new arena, which would be, I think, kind of a travesty. I think that'd be kind of a shame. There's a lot of history in that building, man, and you could kind of feel it, like, just walk in, walking around. I got to be kind of cool. I got to go uh, walk the bowls of the arena, the bowels of the arena, as they say. And, uh, yeah, it was in, like, the couple of different sections that most, most people don't really go. But yeah, that would uh, that'd be some shit, man. That'd be some shit. All right. I don't know how I feel about that. I understand the Clippers wanting to leave Staples because they're always just going to be like the second class citizen in their own building, man. He's got the Lakers banners. They always got to cover up every game. You know. I've gone to the games back in the day where you look up and it's just like before they started covering it, it's just like, whew, that is not a good look. You guys have nobody up there. Like the retired jerseys and stuff. Nobody. It's freaking sad. I've been in L.A. for decades, too. Why did they leave San Diego? Or Houston, for that matter. I think they originally from over there. Or I'm probably mistaken. ABA. Some shit like that. They were San Diego Clippers, though, for sure, for sure, for sure. Or are they Buffalo Braves? Yeah, that's where they came from. Buffalo Braves. All right. Well, let's see if I can hit the rest of these rapid fire. Uh, mascot news. Baseball. Philly Fanatic's supposedly going to have... Uh, Changes to his appearance due to the creators wanting to renegotiate their rights to his images and likeness. After 35 years, they're saying that their contract has expired and they currently want to uh, negotiate. And the Phillies are just going to say, F off. We don't give a damn. We're just going to like tweak the design, make them look a little different, and you can go kick rocks. We don't owe you jack. I won't pay you nothing. So, the original artist has been like real discredited by the Phillies organization, and it's uh, <laughs> looking like there's going to be some lawsuits pending. We'll see what happens. We'll let you know. But yeah, so Philly Fanatics going to be looking a little, little different this season. There's, uh, I think I've seen him at spring training so far. Um, speaking of spring training, my family this last weekend, they got to go stop by over in uh, Arizona. I think they're in Mesa for the A's. And they got me a little pin. That's what's, that's what's up. That's my birthplace out there uh, in the desert. Little known fact. Yeah, you just won Jeopardy in 20 years. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, freaking crazy. The, the reception the Astros have been getting in spring training has been fucking wild. They've just been getting beamed left and right. 
and see the full Altuve like taking him. It's like not even the regular season. <laughs> These are pissed off at him. It's crazy. Oh man, Trevor Bauer doing the most. He was like tipping off his pitches to the uh, um, to the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, doing the most. Doing the most. Uh, <laughs> every fan out holding up signs and stuff, and like leading chants and things like that. Hmm. There's just like every day, every day another quote in the paper for some <laughs> someone on another team. Just like basically, fuck them motherfuckers <laughs> in those little words as possible. There's like a different team and a different a different dude. Uh, talking shit. Alright. Moving on, though. Another story came out. Former Giants pitcher Madison Bumgarner uh, has a alter ego. Another identity. Apparently he goes as Mason Saunders whenever he's competing in rodeo competitions during the offseason. He won some regional event in Arizona this like last year and there's a photo that came up and he was listed as Mason Saunders and somebody noticed it and like you know ruined it uh so yeah his identity has been found and yeah this fool loves doing rodeos apparently he there was like some trickiness in his contract prior where he didn't want to you know put yourself in injury uh risk so, so yeah, man, this shit is crazy. The fool be doing rodeos. He's doing rodeos and shit. That was like half the reason he moved on from uh, the uh, the Giants. Said he wanted to be closer to his ranch out there in Arizona. So, good for him, man. Be a country boy. Do what he want to do. Do it all. Do it big. Mm, 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 mm. Damn, I have so many apps open. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, Madison Bumgarner, rodeo superstar. All right. Uh, I think I'm gonna take a little break. Homie's in town, and my battery is almost dying on this bitch too. So uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All right, and we back. I had to step away for a minute, and yeah, 24 hours later, back on the mic. Got to finish this motherfucking show. I'm going to try to do this rapid-fire style. I'd say this in every goddamn episode. Well, I don't know why the fuck I keep holding myself to these goddamn standards. Fuck them. They don't want to listen to two, three hours of my shit. Fuck them. Um, damn, that's coming in hot. Jesus. This, uh... Part of the episode brought to you by this Fire OG. Fire OG. It is the bee's knees. All right. Let's get right to it. A uh, couple quick things. We were talking a little bit of uh, combat sports earlier. Just got announced earlier today. Canelo is going to be fighting Billy Joe Saunders on May the 2nd. That is uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend or weekend right before. That'll be intriguing. Billy Joe's a, f- a talented ass fighter. I've uh, seen a couple of his fights, highlights on YouTube. Uh, 
difficult to hit. So Canelo's going to have his uh, work cut out for him. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. And then also announced in the UFC, Amanda Nunes is going to be fighting Felicia Spencer for the 145-pound title at UFC 250 in Sao Paulo. That is the card where we got Cejudo fighting Aldo as well. So yeah, two Brazilians trying to one trying to hold on to the belt, the other one trying to grab a belt. We'll see what happens. We'll see. All right, and then in the NBA, we we're talking about the Lakers trying to make a move. They ended up signing Deion Waiters, so said he had a good workout. We'll see if that uh, has any impact whatsoever in the playoffs. Running with the second unit, maybe a guy you can put in there try to get some buckets. Um, yeah, that's if he's in shape and if he's his head's in the game. That dude like hardly played this season for the the Heat. That should just kind of melted down. Uh, we talked about how he was taking the weed gummies before and had a panic attack on a plane and then got suspended because of it because he admitted to it. <laughs> so yeah, he's had a pretty roller coaster season. I would say. It's funny, though, because they picked him over J.R. Smith when J.R.'s been LeBron's sidekick for a little while when he was over in Cleveland. And, yeah, I mean, I want to say Waiters got traded when he was playing with LeBron when he was young uh, to free up a spot so JR could join the team and now it's the other way <laughs> so yeah funny how time changes uh, people's positions in life so yeah there you go and moving on let's talk a little bit of football uh, right now we have uh, some uh, labor discussions between NFL and NFL Players Association they were Apparently, the player association has uh, rejected a proposal previously from the owners. I saw today that they resubmitted their new plans uh, to the players. And they gave them seven days to vote on it. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of like rule changes and stuff like that, and it's more about schedule changes. It's like the biggest thing. One of the things that they uh, suggested was the 17 week season i know they're gonna add more playoff teams and have more teams play in the first round i think six teams play in the first round one team is the bye and you get three winners and then yeah four to two to one and then the super bowl so that would be interesting there was a proposal and possibly, I think, a second bye week, or I th think that should be something negotiated. If I was the players, I don't want to play a 17 game. Originally, they capped the amount of money that they were going to be able to make in that game, but now they have the new proposal, they, they were able to uh, ask for just a proportionate amount of money, pretty much. I'll take percentage of their salary of what they make in this season and they'll just like add that to it for a set you know like just take one seventeenth of the salary and just you know add that up for yeah you know what i'm saying that's some math shit y'all figure it out 
one of the things that was on the proposal on the table was eliminating suspensions for smoking wheat, which, you know, if if you were Josh Gordon, you're like, where the hell was this four or five years ago when I was catching, you know, double-digit touchdowns in, like, 10-game seasons? It's because these tools suspended every year. As uh, Stephen A. Smith would say, uh, for smoking weed, a little bit of weed, stay off the weed. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's a pretty common accepted thing. Martavis Bryant as well. I do kind of washed out because of that shit. I think Alden Smith had that on his record. There's like a whole bunch of folks. A whole bunch of them. Yeah, I think it was crazy. Dante Stallworth didn't like got a DUI and I think had a, a fatality in an accident. If I'm not mistaken, I think he still played. Like, shit gets wild. It's crazy. There's some crazy stories, some wild ones. But that's just because we're focused on it. Also, see the numbers and you're like, all right, on average, everybody does the same amount of dirt as a normal citizen. But it's like crazy. There's that one dude who was a wide receiver, I think, for the Cowboys, who's, like, pushing Yayo or something like that a couple years ago. FBI ended up catching him. That's a pretty damn intense story. I was like, holy shit. So, yeah. I don't know how I got to that point, but, yeah. So, we'll see what the players are going to decide upon. And uh, the new proposal that was submitted. So, we'll see. All right. Uh, a couple other news and notes. Jaguars agreed to trade A.J. Boyd to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick. Jags just getting rid of everybody who's any good whatsoever, apparently. Uh, especially in the secondary. Trading away Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, Jalen was just done. He'd had it, so... Not so good look for the Jags, I'd say. Not the best. So we'll see what happens with them. All right. In uh, broadcasting news, CBS is going to pay Tony Romo around a reported $17 million per year on a new contract. He only made that in three seasons. When he played in the NFL, which is actually fucking ridiculous, but ridiculous in a couple sense. So, apparently ESPN was ponying up a bunch of money to try to lure him on over to do Monday Night Football. Kind of replaced Boogie McFarlane, but alas, CBS, they shelled out the big bucks, reportedly. And... They definitely had to keep him because they have a Super Bowl coming up this next season. Like, there's, in their mind, no way that they were going to envision seeing the game be played without him in the broadcast booth. Because he's been that good on their broadcast. Like, pretty damn crazy. He's out there calling, directing plays like he's, he, as if he was still playing. It's crazy. Crazy. So... Hats off to you, Tony. He's been able to, you know, be very, 
you know, very good on TV, I'd say. Maybe better than anticipated. He's like, uh, just kind of chills and just kind of just makes jokes and kind of like the, you know, one of the guys just an every, every man type of, type of demeanor, just the all shucks. There's a lot of that kind of feeling. And, uh, but yeah, he gets, he gets up for the big moments. You can sense it. He, uh, <laughs> he still gets excited at, uh, what's going on around him. We'll see what happens as he progresses in his career, but he's been pretty on the money in terms of being able to break down what the quarterback's seeing and how he's, uh, managing the game and what they're trying to do. Does a very good job of presenting that on TV, like live in person, which is difficult. Like, if you're somebody who's, you know, a fan of the game or, you know, played at different levels and you understand certain concepts and you see it like happen out there on the field, it's kind of like gratifying being able to hear somebody who actually pay, played and like letting you know exactly what, what happens. Cause like a lot of times we like have hunches and guesses and stuff like that, but. If you like have an opinion and it gets gets confirmed by like some shit that Romo's saying, you're like, oh shit, I'm definitely right. Like this motherfucker's telling everybody in the, <laughs> the whole nation. Like uh, he's checking the uh, running back out to the flat, not so he could throw to him, but just so he could figure out what the coverage is from seeing the movement of the linebackers. You know what I mean? Like shit, like, little shit like that. Like, are they bracketed? Are they bumping over? Are they linebackers not moving? Then it's like definitely zone for the most part. So I'm unless you have a busted coverage and can find a way to hit the uncovered man. But yeah, it's a little X's and no shit, but it's a little simple stuff like that. You know, you know. All right. Speaking of off-season news, the question as to whether Tom Brady is going to continue playing for New England or jump ship and go somewhere else is still up in the air, technically. So, there's been some reports that don't speak too kindly of how the Patriots have been kind of trying to keep their signal caller around, apparently. So there was a report yesterday that Belichick and Brady ended up uh, um, having a discussion. They hadn't talked in a few months. And so apparently it didn't go super smooth. And Belichick was talking to Tom as if he was still on his team and under contract and wasn't trying to like woo him or nothing and I don't know apparently didn't address it I don't know so we'll see what happens a lot of the people are just saying that they believe he'll probably most likely come back but that he just wants to drag out the Patriots through this process so we'll see what happens they said that he'd make an announcement in a few weeks. Some of the teams that are in the running are um, like the Los Angeles Chargers, the Vegas Raiders, and uh, 
There's some dark horses. Some people are saying San Francisco 49ers. You know, the last couple of days I've heard Chicago Bears is a name to be thrown around out there. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Indy, Indianapolis Colts. I don't know. I don't know if that's a legit possibility. But they don't have Brissett no more. He's uh, currently a free agent, so we'll see where they go. I think they were reported uh, to have interest in Phillip Rivers, which is crazy. Phillip's gone out of the Chargers organization. So, yeah, there's uh, some quarterback musical chairs. Because if Carr or if the Raiders end up picking up Tom, then... Car's kind of expendable, and so where does he go? Where does he end up? You know, I've heard uh, Andy Dalton as like uh, a guy that could possibly go to some of those teams. You know, maybe even Chicago. That wouldn't be bad. They got a great defense. Trubisky was killing them that last season. They weren't using him correctly, but he was just not good. Not good in the performances. So, yeah. Quarterback carousel in the offseason. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All righty. All right. Very rare tennis news. Got to bring this up, though. Because Maria Sharapova announces her retirement from tennis at the age of 32. Pretty young uh, for a professional athlete of her stature. But considering... All the pain and all the, uh, you know, effort to get back and be at the top of her form these last few seasons, I guess, wasn't enough uh, for her. So she has called it uh, quits. And, you know, I completely understand if the body can't respond and you can't. Get to where you want to be, where you know you uh, deserve to be, and it's just not worth the effort to to get to that point. And then, yeah, I have no, I have no issues. She's had a very decorated career. I don't know what else really was left on the resume to get. There's not too, too much. She did win a career Grand Slam, but as uh you know, was kind of pitched as a rival to Serena. And Serena just kind of did not take that talk lightly at all. And she just kind of just proceeded to dominate her for most of her career, <laughs> especially at the Grand Slams. Um, ooh. Yeah, I remember seeing some of those where just Serena had some of her like most prime performances where she just put the the hammer down so yeah Sharapova she was a talent in her own right Russian grew up in or like was living in Florida training there when she came up I think she was like 17 when she first won so I legit like seeing her whole career it's kind of crazy kind of wild yeah, everybody was kind of crushing on her when she was coming out. She was younger. 
She got uh, a lot of sponsorships. I remember that. She's in a bunch of ads. And uh, had some game too, man. Got to win all those uh, majors. So best of luck to you, Maria, in uh, retirement. Hope you uh, get all the healing necessary there. And, uh, yeah, best of luck, all that. All right, let's move on. Soccer news. Let's go. UEFA Champions League, baby. That's what's happening. That's what's been going on right now. Um, there's been a lot of lot of crazy headlines, a lot of shit, to be honest. But, yeah, let's start with the Champions League, though. Last time we spoke, there was... Uh, I don't know. Did what, what was their games? I don't fucking know. But uh, let's see. Champions, bang, 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 bang. All right. So yeah, there's matches that happened last week, and there's been you know some surprising ones, man. To be honest with you. Yeah, we did talk about I think Liverpool Atletico, how Atletico just like parked the bus. Dortmund was up 2-1 on PSG. Atlanta was 4-1 over Valencia. And Leipzig over Tottenham 1-0. Well, we also had Bayern over Chelsea 3-0. Napoli and Bartha ended up drawing at one apiece. And Madrid took an L to Man City 2-1. And Lyon over Juve one to nil so yeah Real looking on the edge of it although things are looking up for them in La Liga they recently faced off against the aforementioned Barcelona and got the victory 2-0 uh, one goal by Vinicius another one by um, fuck who the hell had it? Um, Mariano. That's right. This motherfucker. With the dyed ass hair right through the middle. Yeah, but Vinicius, he had uh, the opening goal. And uh, that was like in the second half. Barca looked like it was just, you know, knocking on the door repeatedly over and over and over again. And then. Madrid kind of just flipped it at halftime, man. Brought it, and they were able to get it done. So they overtook Barcelona. Now they're up, I want to say, like, by a couple points, maybe four points. I'm not sure. Three points, something like that. And no, there's one way to find out. Let's see here. Squad. Uh Bang, bang, bang. Dun, 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 dun. Nah, anyway. Yeah. Down 2-1, though, to City. It's probably going to finish second in the prim. Alrighty. I guess we might as well talk about it now. Liverpool's unbeaten streak has come to an end in the Premier League. They dropped a match to Watford last weekend by a score of 3-0. 
I think he was more surprised at the final scoreline than that they actually lost because, you know, the team's been prone to doing stuff like that before. Uh, yeah, and then they lost in the FA Cup as well. I want to say 2-0. They were kind of rotating the squad. It wasn't a lot of players playing. I think they lost to Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Um... I think Mane was the only one in the front who was playing. There was some Jivak or Rigi action going on. But yeah, anyway, Liverpool kind of dropped a few in a row. It's not uh, the best of times, but it's also not the worst of times either. It's the best of times. Like They were just going to finish the rest of the season unbeaten. That's only been done. In the modern era, I guess, once. By that Arsenal squad. I think the modern era is when the Premier League was established as a brand. In competition, which I think is the, out of the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere around there. I ain't no goddamn historian of this shit quite yet. So, yeah, please help. Yeah, boy. But, yeah. Didn't get a chance to watch the whole match, but like, man, Wofford came and stung the motherfuckers. Goddamn, three nothing. Yeah, maybe it'll take the pressure off them. They can just kind of cruise into the victory. They still have some other things at stake. Could score one of the most uh, amount of points, or put up the most amount of points throughout a regular season. That'd be something. Have one of the most uh, amount of victories throughout an EPL season. That'd be something to hold on to. Fastest you can lock up a uh, a Pram Trophy. That's also still in play. So there's some other things. They're still playing for, no doubt, no doubt. As uh, as well as they got to come down from that one zero deficit to Atletico in the Champions League. That's another big focus for them because they still got to defend that cup. So we'll see what happens for them. You know, regardless, I think they're in the pole. And they're in the prime position to just uh, hold on to the the Premier League trophy. And win that for the first time in a while. So, yeah. Uh, no uh, no real reason to go too crazy, though. All right, moving on forward. Like I said, let's see if we can breeze through some of these shit. Daniel Sturridge suspended until June 17th for telling his brother... Some inside information about a possible move to Sevilla last year, which I think his brother used to place bets on to make some money. So, yeah, little dicey there. So, yeah, he's suspended either by FIFA or the Prem League. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Moving on. Let's see. That's a crazy story. Leeds keeper Kiko Casilla banned eight matches after 
a racism charge against Charlton's Jonathan Lecco. Now, apparently this racist, uh, race, uh, racial incident, racist incident, yeah, uh, occurred like months back and it's taken this long for um, the Premier League or the Premiership. I think they're like the, the second division in England. They, uh, they did not make a decision, uh, you know, very quickly. So that has some people upset about that. And Leko's comments just sound like, sounded like, yeah, it was almost like pointless to go through that whole, whole process that, uh, they had established to try to combat that. And he said he didn't get the help. Nobody really reached out to him um, to say they got his support or anything like that. So, yeah, I can imagine uh, what that must feel like going through that stupid stuff. Yeah, just another example. Just another example. I've talked about it before. Just another example. All right. To some more tangential, very serious news. No more pre-match handshakes in the EPL. Primarily because of the coronavirus concerns. Now, this is kind of crazy. Everybody's on high alert at this moment. EPL, oof. I think initially this is, uh, ban had already been taking place in some other countries. I want to say France was included. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think Liga 1, they had already told their players not to do so. So they're not going to do the customary handshake that they do before every match. So that'll be kind of weird to see, but... Understandable. That's not, uh, you know, very drastic measures at all. Man, the cases have been spreading everywhere. The cases they're talking about over here in the states. There's cluster in Washington. There's been a couple cases in California, but it's not as bad compared as to what Italy's going through. There's been a bunch of reported cases from people coming uh coming back from travels to China in particular to places in northern northern Italy so there's been a lot of changes that have been made to the schedule and to the plans for how the rest of the Serie A season's going to go so there's been a lot of matches that have already been postponed over these fears. Um, it's kind of crazy. They've uh, proposed playing in front of empty stadiums. Teams have like not known what's going to happen until maybe hours before the match is supposed to be played. So it's been kind of crazy. It's been hectic. I've been reading the, the headlines and it's been it's been like one crazy thing after the other. So. Especially because it's like a third-tier player ended up getting uh, 
a confirmed diagnosis. So it's uh, it's trickling all over the place over there in Italy. There's been 3,000 cases reported and over 100 deaths. I've been trying to stay updated on this, these numbers from what I've been reading. So if it's dated and the number's greater, forgive me. I've been trying to stay up, up to date, but, you know, I just got this in the note thing, so I'm just going to read what my notes say, all right? Cool. So, yeah, one of the areas that's, like, somewhat affected over there is, like I was saying, Northern Italy, one of the best teams, Juventus. Also, uh, Milan, too. The AC enters of the world. So, there's a Coppa Italia, which is Inter versus Juve. That match was supposed to go on last weekend. That ended up getting rescheduled to March the 8th. So, that was also a reason why Ronaldo's uh, free on the schedule, and he was able to go to Madrid and watch that match that happened. So, yeah, they showed him in the, the booth a couple times. Always competing against that Messi, dude. Always competing. So, yeah, anyway, they're going to start uh, and play in a couple days. A couple days from now. All right, moving forward. Italy. They ban fans from all sporty events until at least April 3rd. So, yeah, like I said, they're making drastic changes, drastic measures. That I think I, I was reading earlier today. All sporting events. No fans. Until at least a month from now. So they're like, y'all got to chill. Also announced, no fans will attend the Valencia-Atalanta Champions League match in Spain on March the 10th, which is in four days. Four fans who traveled to Italy for the first leg tested positive for coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19. That's the coronavirus disease 19 that's the official strain name that i feel like constellation brands has been pushing because they own corona beers and they're like let's get that whole name this uh association like working because they need to you know backpedal from this because this is not hit uh very well for them I'm pretty sure in the sales department, man. Because uh, ain't nobody want to try to buy beer that's associated with something that could potentially, uh, you know, kill somebody, I guess. I don't know. Apparently, it's only taking the older folk and some young folks. So, I feel like I'm pretty good. I don't want to jinx myself. But, yeah, it's kind of my two cents on that shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, man, fans traveling. They're picking it up from Italy now. China's, like, had cases, thousands of cases. South Korea has had a bunch of cases. Thailand. You know, all over. U.S. 
It's just grown. It's grown. So just stay up. I think they said the common symptoms are just flu-like. So just be cool. Stay up. Take care of yourself. And don't play around at this moment. Definitely wash your hands. They're saying avoid touching your face. That's a problem for me. So, yeah, I'm just going to wash my hands a ton of bunch. And try to stay clean. That's how you try to avoid it. All right. there. Yeah, so more stories. Italians. Uh, this guy Molinari and Gagli were pulled out of the Oman Open over virus concerns. These guys are golfers professionally on the European tour. And, yeah, they got quarantined over there, and they were upset because they were still interacting as normally the day prior and practicing and talking to the players and, you know, being having a normal day. So if they were infected, they would have been, you know, at risk of infecting other people too. So there's that whole thing. Uh, so yeah, this is affecting every part of society. It's kind of, kind of insane. Yeah, man, Japan, Nepal, Thailand, Singapore, Vietnam. There's been more deaths than SARS. Uh, Chinese New Year celebrations were canceled with the travel bans and everything. Apparently, even with the travel limitations, there were still a lot of people who got to move around found ways to move around in China. So that just made it that much more difficult to kind of combat it and try to contain it. There's been so many conspiracy theories that have been going around about it. Some people said, yes, like a product of the government to throw sin off of Trump or of uh, this whole... Democratic primary elections and stuff. I've heard that it was possibly created as a byproduct from the 5G networks that have been implemented over there in China. And that's been issues. We know Wuhan has a lot of uh, controlled viruses, so they're saying they don't know if it was some call made from up above some entity who I have no idea who who would make this decision but there's reports that then they released it to the world it's just a big old virus and whatnot it's kind of messed with the stock market too there's been a lot of drop in valuation I was listening to one kind of conspiracy theory where they're saying they think the US is in on it because Trump was apparently in India and was talking to President Modi and was apparently proposing that India start picking up production in place of China. So there's that. Who knows how true that any of that is? I don't know. I just like spreading rumors. That's what I do. Eesh. Yeah, those travels limitations in China affected 35 million 
right now, I think the number I got was 2,663 confirmed deaths. That probably that number's probably rising. Oof, it's crazy. Man, manufacturing shut down. Like a lot of things shut down over there. It's gotta be scary time. Scariest time. Yeah, I've seen. I've heard cases in Los Angeles. There was one in Orange County. One of them was in West LA. There's just too many people here. Is this going to be the thing that weeds us out? I don't know. I don't know. It could just be another flu. And then just everybody's just kind of freaking out at the moment. You know. There have been a lot of... Uh, more diagnosis. But they say that the symptoms take a while to kind of manifest themselves. So it's kind of understandable that there hasn't been a shit ton of people that uh, have reported it just quite yet. Because, like, these things, as we very much know, they take a, a minute to spread around and get to everybody. So that's what I'm banking on. And... I hope they get themselves a vaccine for that. I was I was thinking of the word. I was like, uh, what the hell is it? It's late. This fire is fire. <laughs> All right. A lot of crazy politic news. Trump had his impeachment shit that happened. It's been a minute since I've been talking politics with any of you guys. Because to be honest with you, I was just kind of like in and out with paying attention to some of this shit. But I know this impeachment... That whole inquiry that kind of went running into a cul-de-sac, just a fat dead end, because they could not get enough Republicans to, you know, you know, leave the side of where Trump is and go directly against him. They they, they would think it'd be, you know, career suicide. So that ended up happening. They weren't able to bring a lot of the witnesses that they wanted up. And, yeah, there was a lot of other shit. So, it's crazy. They weren't going to let it happen. That was kind of predictable. So, got impeached. Didn't get removed from office. So, the clown's still there. He's still there in the driver's seat. So, we'll see. We got to see what's going to happen in this damn election coming up. Now, there was the primary election that came it went in the state of California. There were some other caucuses and, other, and whatnot that have already been kind of established. And oh yeah, before that, let's let's talk a little bit about the Trump side of shit real quick. One of the dudes who ended up voting against him, though, that was Mitt Romney, and the whole GOP was coming down on him for a second about that stuff. Like they were on his ass. They're like, oh, hell no, we ain't gonna let this shit fly. Not gonna happen. So, uh, yeah, so he voted against Trump. He was one of the few Republicans who did so. Might be the only one. Because, say what you want, these goddamn people are fucking loyal about this goddamn dude. It is crazy. It's just like all in, all out. It's like no middle ground with certain people, man. None. 
But uh, the people around him, some of them are coming down. One of those people being Roger Stone, sentenced to 40 months for lying to Congress and for witness tampering. I think he went on national TV and gave advice to some of the people and was like, I think, talking directly to the uh, the jury on Fox News National TV Network. I want to say, I can't remember what the lying charges were. But Roger Stone, that was a dude who apparently got a bunch of leaks and all that information and stuff and was talking to WikiLeaks reportedly, getting direct stuff from them and giving it to the the Trump team pretty much during the election and the election cycle last go around. So how much of that is true? I don't know. We may never know, but he was this motherfucker was a liar. He's a fucking liar. So he's up in the slammer. He's gonna do some time. We'll see where he washes up. Maybe get out with uh good behavior. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Not me. Anyway. Yeah, we're talking about elections, though. Let's get to that shit. There's been a lot of change, man. There used to be a whole football squad worth of uh, candidates that were up there in the mix doing the damn thing. But slowly and surely, people have been dropping out. Like we were talking about Kamala Harris before. Cory Booker. This is how long I haven't talked to you guys, man. Cory Booker was a couple weeks. Weeks ago, he dropped out of the race. Andrew Yang was then to follow. Pete Buttigieg, Gage, also drop out. Uh, and then Klobuchar, also dropping out. Leaving primarily Bernie and Biden. Now, Biden's won way more states than I think a lot of people would have anticipated. Now, do I think the Democratic Party will do what the people ask for, regardless of how they vote? I'm not so confident in that, to be quite frank, to be quite honest. I've talked about my feelings about what I I felt happened. In the 2016 election, I think. That was kind of out there. How they kind of leveraged and maneuvered a lot of stuff. To get Hillary a nomination. So. Do I rule it out of uh, any remote possibility that they could do something like that again? Not at all. Not at all. So. We'll see what the results say going to be tough few few more weeks because that'll be big man I, I think all the reports say you put Bernie up against Trump he's got a W but if you put Biden out there it's very much Trump in the favorite so 
we'll see what uh, the DNC is willing to do. Let's just uh, let's just say that. So yeah, Elizabeth Warren just recently dropped out of the race too. Bloomberg dropped out. Super Tuesday was Tuesday. This past uh, few days ago. So those fellas are out. A lot of people have been throwing their support behind Biden, and it's just it's kind of concerning. Kind of concerning. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. So yeah, those two were just announced recently. So freaking crazy. Just to rewind quite a bit, man. The Iowa caucus that was kind of ridiculous, kind of crazy. There was some errors with, I believe, the voting equipment. And they had to tally a bunch of stuff by hand, which took long. And I want to say it was the one by Buttigieg. Buttigieg. But Bernie also had a very strong showing. And I think he even claimed it victory prior to being announced for sure. So it was without a doubt very close race. And... Yeah, then he went on to go win New Hampshire and had taken the lead at that point and all the polls and all this other, you know, fancy shit. But then, you know, the Biden kind of camp made a little bit of a comeback. They win South Carolina, staying up in that race. And then, yes, yeah, Super Tuesday. So Bernie, he ended up winning the state of California. That has the most delegates. So that was a big, big boost for him. And his chances. But at the same time, Biden also picked up some ground too by grabbing, I want to say, like three or four states. So the battle is on. We'll see what, end up ha- what ends up happening. I'm rooting for Bernie. Obviously, you've seen the Insta. I've been a Bernie bro, bruh. And yeah. Voted for him in 2016. Wrote his goddamn name in to the ballot for the main election. I couldn't bring myself to vote for Hillary. And after all the the strings they were, pull, they were pulling, they were going crazy. They were doing the most. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid the similar thing is going to happen. People are just going to dismiss the Democratic Party for a while. It might take something drastic. whole new party emerging, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Yeah, I'm just glad that I'm not going to see any more of those goddamn Mayor Bloomberg ads everywhere. All up on YouTube, all up on regular TV, on the Super Bowl, like everywhere. This fool just flashing his dough, just getting called out on all the the uh, debates and whatnot. <laughs> Freaking Warren went hard in the paint against him. So damn hard, hard in the paint. Oof. Glad glad that's over with. Glad he's gone home. Man, they changed the goddamn rules just so he could make the debates. They didn't want to listen to Tulsi Gabbard. 
Yeah, like, get that bitch out of here. With all due respect. <laughs> I don't think you bitch. I don't agree with everything you, you do, but I respect your opinion. She was very interesting listening on the, the Rogan experience. So, alright. This was some crazy headline that I saw recently. Donald Trump striking a peace deal with the Taliban. Apparently that's in the works. If signed an official, it would end the longest conflict in U.S. history. Bam. How about that? The longest conflict in U.S. history is what's been going on in Afghanistan. With the troops being in there for what? Since 2012 or 2002 or 2001? Well, September. I feel like they were there before Christmas time. I remember when that was all ongoing. I think we were in Mexico when it was happening. So we're getting the news kind of filtered through that perspective a little bit. But yeah. I mean, I'm all for bringing the troops back. I don't care which president does it. I'm all for getting out of unnecessary conflicts. So I'll acknowledge it. Could be, in my opinion, not the worst development. But it just goes to show that we, as, uh, I shouldn't say we, but as the American government and uh, war machinists tend to do in the past, is we've had a penchant in the history of creating our own enemies and and eventually coming back and battling such uh, entities. Because Taliban directly comes from Mujahideen, which helped um, fight against the Soviets, which, you know, um, that's just one example that uh, the different conflicts in Latin America, how we destabilize some certain governments so that we could, uh, you know, control them and... Some have said, use some of them as, like, drug smuggling ports to get them into America, which has created, you know, crippling drug addiction problem, which creates people we can villainize and throw in jails and stuff. I don't know. It's just, you can go deep. You can go, you can go, you can take that, that metaphor however you want to. Throw it in different ways. So... Uh, but yeah, Taliban, I think, is an example of that, though. And it's, uh, I think, crazy. All these, like, long and never-ending conflicts end up with the U.S. just being, looking back at it and just going, huh. Yo, that shit, though, right? I mean, Korea... Vietnam, those ones where the directive and like the 
clear focus isn't quite as much there. I think people, I don't know. That whole situation post 9-11 was kind of, kind of out there. Living from, you know, through it from experience. Even being a pretty young kid, it was still, it was kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Anyway, moving forward. Let's see. What else we got? Oh, Jeff Bezos. Dude, check this out. He got his phone hacked by the Saudi prince, Mohammed bin Salman, via a WhatsApp malware prior to the murder of uh, Khashoggi. That uh, reporter. So. That shit's fucking crazy to me. I can't even fathom. The amount of dirt that they might have. On one of the richest and most powerful. Men currently out there. This guy's sending rockets to space. There's only a few motherfuckers out there doing that shit. Like for Blue Origin. Like that. This dude's doing crazy stuff. Got that Amazon money, man. The Saudi prince, he's got that crazy cash too, but I don't know if it was a play to kind of embezzle him or take his money, steal it from him. Thinking more blackmail. I think that's kind of the, the route they're kind of going by. But yeah, this was reported. Well over a month ago. Old news. Old news. More old news. Illinois sells over 8 millions of recreational weed in two days. A lot of his stores had to close due to shortage of supply and staff. I thought that was a crazy headline. Yay, pot wins. People like the shit. And when they get it, they go crazy. They go crazy. All right. More military news. Two dozen U.S. Marines were discharged recently after an investigation was conducted over their alleged involvement in a drug crimes, uh, in in alleged drug crimes, excuse me, and a human trafficking operation along the border. That shit's kind of intense, man. So that's another thing that happens, is you have people who work in government institutions, and from time to time, they abuse that power and you know pretty much uh try to enrich themselves i don't know try to live nice do the most do that dirt shit man and you see it over and over again. It's just so tempting, man. It's like human nature. That shit's so wild. Two dozen, man. It's like 24 dudes. All up in that operation, man. And the human trafficking, too, man. Bringing people in and out of the border. 
And the people supposed to do right are the ones doing wrong. It's, it's tough to trust anybody, man. It's just like feels like it's all game. All a big game. What a scam. All right. MIT professor put on leave after they found he did not inform the institution that an $850,000 donation came from one Jeffrey Epstein between the years of 2002 and 2017. So this professor, he's in some hot shit. Not telling anybody he got the convicted pedophile who's just racking him out over a 15-year period, man. My goodness, that's... I mean, the allegations of his first trial, that happened prior to, I think, or like in the middle... I think maybe six years into the that relationship, I guess, from that, that professor. Now, this dude, Epstein, he had some a lot of donations that ended up going to a lot of different scientific researchers in different institutions. So you understand, man, these colleges are always asking for more money. So they live off of the donations for a big, big chunk of it, so fact that he was there and just donating to like all these labs and these researches and all these efforts and all that that just uh goes to show you man that he had some uh weird proclivities i'd say because he was just all apparently focused on like being one of those dudes that extends your life and all that shit like that that's a fucking that's some weird ass shit Trying to live forever. It's like one of those dudes. So yeah. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Alright. This was a crazy story. The child abuser uh, in the state of Utah. His wife. In, yeah, this dude's convicted in jail. His wife sues the Mormon church. Because one of their, I don't know, head honchos or priest or whatever, whatever title, I don't know, whatever title the Mormon church has. One of them dudes ended up taking, I guess, like his confession. I'm using like the Catholic terms, but you understand me. Took his confession, took that information and reported him to the police. There's supposed to be a level of trust there, I would say. But I guess the, I don't know what the Mormon tradition says about situations of that nature. So I will not speak on that. But I want to say if you're a Catholic priest, you're supposed to withhold from divulging that information but at the same time uh going to uh 
you know, going to authorities when it it seems like it's going to potentially, you know, protect certain people from harm and danger. So, yeah, this dude, having saying and confessed to ab- having abused children in the past, that's a, that's a heavy one. And that's, like, not something that you just kick willy-nilly from what I've read from not from no personal experience or having known people to have done stuff at least from my knowledge and uh yeah how do we get here I don't fucking um right so that I think that would be the stipulation for just reporting reporting to the going to the cops man Ugh, fucking crazy. All right. FBI ended up raising neo-Nazis uh, threat to the same level as ISIS. I know ISIS has been on the decline majorly in recent years, but that just means neo-Nazis are on the incline, and that's just uh, crossing each other on a graph right now. In terms of uh, what the FBI considers uh, be a big major threat to the safety and well-being of the American population. So, yeah, that's not cool. Fucking neo-Nazis are back again. Like, we're living in the past or we're living in the future right now? Like, we got sex robots, but we're fighting neo-Nazis. Like, what is going on? What is going on? What's the deal with neo-Nazis? It's going crazy. Um. <laughs> right. Right. Let's see. HUD housing urban development under fire for potential increase in housing discrimination. They had some law passed. Uh, I'm not going to go into that one. Let's see. World's richest 2,000 people hold more than the poorest 4.6 billion people combined. Oxfam reports unpaid care work by women added at least $10.8 trillion a year in value to the world economy. Three times more than the tech industry. That's kind of crazy. Yee. Pay women what they deserve. Not a penny more, though, goddammit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, money stays at the top, stays within that, that little class right there, and people be hoarding it, so it's tough to, tough to get your hands on it, man, so, cherish that shit, be smart with it, use it for good. Used to live in this world. Don't use it as that measuring stick type shit, but. Uh, I don't know, was this paid by the Democratic Socialists of America or something like that? Like, what's going on? What is going on here? All right, let's just let's wrap that shit up now. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about some of my stand up that have been happening recently. We'll kind of just finish on that note. Uh, did a couple sets and. Had some stuff booked. I had a show that was originally scheduled 
for Friday the 28th. Ended up getting moved up to Monday the 24th. I was supposed to DJ and do comedy, but the venue where the show was booked at had gotten bought out and was going out of business, apparently. I guess as it's the version of what it is currently. So they did a show on the last day that it was around and ended up being a little bit hectic. So didn't end up getting a chance to DJ. Did do the stand-up, though. Did all right. <sighs> Felt like I wasn't 100% prepared for that. But what I was prepared for was a show down Long Beach. I had a good set there. That was a good one. Waiting for that tape. Bando hit me up, man. Get that tape. Just want them files. Um. So, yeah, let's see. Uh, I also have another show coming up on Saturday the 14th at Sycamore Tavern. Um, yeah, man, come out. Come check out my shit. Come see me do stand-up. That'll be, that's one of my next book shows. I'm working on some other shows, too. I have another spot in April on the 22nd, two days before my birthday. So, yeah, that's right now. What's on the books? I'm working on some more stuff. So I need that tape, Bando. Come on, hit me up, bro. Let's go. Let's go. I need that shit. I'm going to start sending it around. Bam. I had a good set. Good, Pretty damn good set. So, yeah, man. Trying to do that comedy thing. I don't know if this shit is coming through, man. I keep doing these damn podcasts in the middle of the goddamn night. It is past 1 a.m. at the moment. And I need to get my ass to bed. So that's what I'm going to do right now. But... Uh, yeah, in any event, you can follow me on the socials at Puro Caballero. That's P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O for you gringos. I mean, you found this podcast. You should be able to find it. All right. So that's where I'm at. And yeah, follow, subscribe. Uh, rate, review, listen in to all my episodes, man. They are currently available pretty much everywhere you listen to stuff, right? Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. What else? What else y'all need, right? We're working on the YouTubes. And we're working on the logo change. I know we've been talking about it. This has been teased for fucking year and a half now. But yeah, it's in the works. We're moving forward. Taking steps in the right direction. That is positive thoughts. Positive train of uh, actions. Just stringing them one into the other. And then you look back and you're in a good spot. That's kind of where we're at. With that, yeah, I'm about to try to get some uh, new comedian friends and stuff like that to come on the show. We're going to have some good times. I'm watching the fight this weekend on Saturday. That should be fun. I'm going to do some more uh, mics, open mics throughout the week before my show next Saturday. So, yeah, hit me up. Hit me on the DM. Slide up in there, and I'll show you how to get tickets and get some discounted ones. Uh, Yeah. I tried to hit up everybody about the Long Beach show. That was a free show, man. Y'all should have came. It was a cool little spot. 
all the other comics were murdering too. It was a fun last fun ass night. Shout out to everybody else who was on that lineup. Everybody who had tagged on that IG post a bunch of times. Um, yeah, y'all were amazing. Mm. <laughs> Got Tommy Bando lit before the show. That was kind of funny. Talked about it on stage, man. That was kind of kind of out there. Uh, yeah. It was a good time. It was a good-ass time. Uh, I'm going to keep doing that shit. That's going to be fun. I'm kind of disappointed, though, because I got a, uh, a couple other things that I wanted to consider. One of them being on that same date on the March 14th show. There's uh open mic at the house where they shot the very popular TV show called Workaholics. And I would very much like to go try to be there and do some stand-up, see what's what. Because that would be cool. But I got a show on my own, so it is what it is. Also, I was off uh, discussing a possible DJ gig to do some funk music, which would have been fun too. Another thing I very much enjoyed doing. And that also was that night, so I was very disappointed I had to say no. Hold into my commitments. <sighs> Fucking brutal. Fucking brutal. So, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm, I'm like, damn, should I just cancel on that shit? That shit would be kind of wild. Nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to the booker. I don't want to be known as that comic... Uh, but I want to DJ some more. Or no, that's the thing. I need to get a new laptop, bruh. That shit's a little old. It long, long in the tooth. I think it's like six, seven years old now. At this point, mm. Mm, 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 mm. all right, all right. I think we're just about wrapping it up. We're gonna give another big shout out to the Gypsy King man. He is crowned, for sure, man. It is pretty damn crazy. I don't know if you guys saw the fight, but we'll play a little clip on the outro here of uh, pretty much how he signed off for the night. Uh, Little acapella stuff. So, yeah, Tyson Fury, king of the world, king of the heavyweight division. And, yeah, this has been episode number 75, man. We three quarters of the way through triple digits, son. Which is 10% of the way through quadruple digits, son. We putting in work, tallying it up, and keeping it on and popping, bro. Doing the damn thing. Another episode in the books. This has been the Puro Caballero Show. I'm out. Till next time. Yee! I can make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver with every paper I deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widow bride. Something touched me deep inside.
<laughs> That's Bob Barum. Oh my God, old ass man.